Ooh, past the biscuits. Amen. That's good. That's good. Praise the Lord. Great to see you today. Turn, if you would, in your copy of your scripture to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. We left off with verse 2 last Sunday. And we're going to be here for a while. Not this morning. Not this morning. Don't get anxious. But we're going to be in Matthew for a while. We're going to take these Beatitudes one at a time. Because they're so important. Matthew chapter 5, we'll begin reading in verse 1. If you would stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. I never get tired of saying that. Man, don't ever forget that the Bible is a word of God. Seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. and When he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you. Lord, it's hard sometimes to say it, but thank you for the scars because we realize that's when we've been drawn closer to you than ever before. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to speak to us during this time. Blessed are the poor in spirit. God, put that within our heart, within our mind. And Lord, uh, have your way in our life today. Do something Lord, we didn't count on you doing. Make yourself real to us. We exalt you and lift you up. Realize we're nothing and you're everything. Cleanse us. Prepare us for your ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The first thing that we notice here is that the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount is not for everybody. He said he went up into a mountain. Uh, Jesus is not talking to the multitudes here. He's talking to his disciples. There is no man in their right mind that would expect an unregenerate man to understand what Jesus is going to say in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's hard for Christians to even understand it. But if you're here this morning and you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, there ought to be a difference in your home, There ought to be a difference in your life. There ought to be a difference in your school. There ought to be a difference in your attitude, in everything you do. If you've been saved by the grace of God, then the throne of your heart has the Lord Jesus on it. And when Jesus is in charge, good things happen. The king is saying here in verse 3 and actually following, I am the king. I'm the king of kings and lord of lords. And it's my kingdom. And we're going to do things the way that I tell you to do them or you're not going to do them. That's just kind of cutting to the chase. The king reveals to his disciples here, his students, the characteristics that need to be manifested in the life of every disciple. He's instructing them. He calls them and instructs them. And uh, I was thinking about Elijah many years before went up into a mountain. And uh, as he went to sleep at night, all he could see was the stars and the sky to thank God for. And he woke up in the morning and God had prepared the ravens to come and deliver food. I mean, it was like Domino's Pizza. They were there, except you didn't have to leave a tip. They, They were there and he was wonderfully fed and everything. And now these disciples are many years later are probably sharing a similar experience. They're up in the mountains, uh, fresh water, and 
The provisions are being provided for them. The disciples didn't know the importance of this occasion. But it's very important. Morning had arrived. Breakfast had been eaten. The camp is set up in order. And the first lesson was at hand. What would he say? What would Jesus say? He's going to tell us the the characteristics of life in the kingdom. And as he prepared to speak, he thought of all the other kingdoms around the world where men struggled for power. Men struggled for position, even here in our own country. I mean, you know, why else would somebody spend almost a billion dollars to be elected president that makes 200000 a year? Uh, you know, there's just some power struggles going on. And yet Jesus is going to try to explain to these disciples, his students, that I didn't come for a power struggle. I didn't come to set my kingdom up physically here. I came to die as a lamb. I came to be offered in your place of your sins. Now, I think it's also important to note that this word blessedness here mentioned here is not a word or a promise relating to eternal happiness. But I think it's a joyous experience to be known right now while we're living here on the face of this earth. He's not talking about spiritual, uh, physical poverty here, poor in spirit. It, it, this is in opposition to being proud, in opposition to being arrogant. So how does one become poor in spirit? How do you get to that place where you become poor in spirit? Well, let me give you four things and we're through. Number one, if you want to be poor in spirit, you got to see the Lord. You must see God. I'm just telling you right now, if you hadn't seen God, you're not poor in spirit. Uh, Job said it like this in Job 42. He said, I've heard of thee, but now I've seen thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 6. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high, lifted up. His train did fill the temple. Then said I, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. See, that's the result always. Listen to me. That is the always result of a man seeing the Lord. He sees how good he is. And how bad we are. Daniel, not talking about Daniel Fisher, but Daniel, very little. I I don't ever find any word derogatory about Daniel. A true man of God, pure as anyone that's in the Bible. And yet Daniel said in Daniel 10, when he saw the Lord, he said, my beauty was turned into corruption. Peter said this when he was confronted with the Lord. He said, depart from me, for lo, I'm a sinful man. You see, the the man who sees God sees himself, who he really is. Jesus said we err often because we're comparing ourselves with others around us. And I'll just be, I'll bring it a little bit closer to home. Now, I know y'all don't do this, but I pick who I compare myself to. I say, upside old Fenton over here, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I'm not going to pick some of y'all who are good because I wouldn't be good upside you. So we even pick who we're going to compare ourselves to. 
But the problem is we're not comparing ourselves to one another. We've got to compare ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, when you see him high and lifted up, you realize what a wretch you are. You've got to see God if you want to be poor in spirit. But not only do you have to see God, you've got to release yourself. Release yourself. Isn't there an old country song that says that? Please release me, let me go. Something like that. You've got to empty yourself. Amen. <laughs> I tell you, this choir's had a good time in Washington, and we've all been left here at home. And I think we ought to have a good time this morning. Amen. <laughs> We've got to empty ourselves. We've got to get rid of our confidence. The Amplified Bible says it like this, blessed, and then in quotation marks, happy to be envied, what blessed means, to be spiritually prosperous with life, joy, satisfaction. Blessed, he said, regardless of the outward conditions, are the poor in spirit. And then he said, those are the humble, the rating themselves in significance, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's two Greek words always used for poor. One is the Greek word tochus, and the other is the Greek word penas. And penas was used for the man who, like us who had to work hard for a living. So some of y'all probably got my same kind of background. We were poor. Nobody told us we were poor, but we got by. We ate, we ate pork chops. Oh, my soul. We killed our own hogs. We killed our own calves. We, we had fresh, the highlight of my entire career growing up was when all the crops were in. Daddy would say, you can invite all your friends. Our friends never came over because we always had to work. Their daddy didn't make them work. They lived next door. They didn't come over. But when all the crops were in, daddy would say, y'all can go down in the field and have a tomato war with the rotten tomatoes. It's a highlight of my career. Amen? The highlight of my career right there. <laughs> so the, the Greek word there was you, you're, you're getting by. You're poor, but you got everything you need. You're getting by. But the Greek word that's used here, pochos, is absolute poverty. It portrays a man who's beaten down to nothing. He literally has nothing. He said, blessed is a man who is beaten down, who literally has nothing, for his is the kingdom of heaven. You say, why would that be? Well, because when you're beaten down and you have nothing, you have no one to turn to but the Lord. And that's what he's saying here. We got to get rid of ourselves. We got to release ourselves. We got to dethrone ourselves and then let the Lord come in and take over David likens himself to a poor man in Psalm 34, 6. He said, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Blessed is the man who is so beaten to his knees that from his lowly standpoint, he lifts up his eyes to the hills from whence he cometh. He's not talking about not being poor. Some people have translated this. Uh, uh, blessed in spirit are the poor. That's not, that's, not, that's, not, that's not scriptural. That's not scriptural. I know a lot of poor people who are mean as a, doc, a junkyard dog. I know some poor people who are bitter. I know some poor people who think the world owe them something. That's, that's not what he's saying here. 
If, if you're going to be happy in this life, if you're going to be blessed in this life, you've got to get over what you can do for yourself. If you're stuck on yourself, you're going to be unhappy. Paul said we place no confidence in the flesh. You see, self-confidence is a deception of the devil outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a lie. It's a deception. It's a worldly philosophy. I don't care what the world says. Some of us in here are old enough to remember what the world says. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I know I can. I know I can. Hogwash. You can't. The world says, hey, you believe in yourself. You find the champion inside of you. You spread your wings and fly. You believe you can fly. And I tell you, you just take on off here. You're going to fall. You're going to fall. Overconfident people outside of Jesus are always miserable. And the reason they're always miserable is because they go into every situation thinking, I can do this. I'm going to whip this. I'm going to take care of this. It's going to be me. And then when they can't do it, they're miserable. 20 miles from here at ETBU, we used to sit young preachers in circles over at Pagan Hall. Pagan Hall. <laughs> and you know what we'd do? We'd pray and we'd sing and we'd tell God what great things we were going to do for him. That's how stupid we were. You can't do great things for God. You're nothing. I'm nothing. God can do great things through you, but you can't do great things for God because it's not in your, your makeup. God may use you to do great things and pray that he does. you got to see God. you got to release yourself. And then thirdly, you got to avoid pride. When he speaks of being poor, he's not saying blessed are those who have nothing, no home, no transportation, no clothes, no shoes, no food. He's saying blessed are those who think they are nothing. Avoid pride. Avoid arrogance. Man, don't you just love preachers who can strut sitting down? Always telling you what great things they've done, how great they are. Hey, those are the things you need to avoid. Psalm 10:4 said, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. Proverbs 8:13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, an evil way. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Romans 1 lists some of the things that are opposite to a, a poor in spirit. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers without natural effect unmerciful those are things that are opposite 
And then, of course, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 talks about in the last days that we live, men shall be lovers of them own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heavy, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. You got to make up your mind this morning. You got to make up your mind. I got to make up my mind this morning. I may used to be the one that sat on top. I may have used to be the one that was in charge. I may have used to have been the one that was a big man on campus. But I'll tell you, one day I laid eyes on Jesus and on Calvary, and I realized somebody far better than me needs to be on top. I told a lady not, it's been cut several years ago, had one of them bumper stickers, God is my co pilot. He says, you better take that thing off. He needs to be your pilot. You're going to kill him. <laughs> the way she drove. Man, God's not interested in being your co-pilot. He's in control. He's on the throne. And he needs to be on all of our throne. I found somebody better than me that could be in charge. <laughs> I don't know about you, but maybe there's somebody here that could give a witness that your life's been a whole lot better since you got off the throne and let Jesus on the throne. Amen? I'm talking about a time that we dethrone ourselves. We stepped down. Used to think we were something until we saw Jesus. You, 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 you got to see God. You got to see the Lord if you're going to be poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. you got to release yourself. Empty yourself. Avoid pride. And the last thing, you got to respond to the sovereignty of God. Could I, could I tell you that God loves you more than you love yourself? He loves you. Died for you. Rose again for you. Now listen to me. I'm not preaching poor self-esteem here. I'm not talking about let's be insecure and scared. I'm not talking about looking in the mirror and saying I'm ugly or taking a picture that don't look like me. I'm not talking about finances. I'm not talking about being low on yourself. I'm not saying there should be no control in your life. What I'm telling you is you and I are the ones that don't need to have the control of our life. Nothing good in me. Do you, you understand God already knows we're nothing See, we're the ones that's trying to figure that out. And when you figure out what God already knows, then you can be happy. <laughs> There's nothing good in me. You say, we see these big shot actors and wealthy people, Hollywood stars, athletic people. Man, can you imagine getting paid $25 million a year? And they got everything but they can't keep their marriage together. They can't keep their joy. They can't keep their peace. Why is that? I mean, couldn't you, don't you think for $25 million a year you could kind of be happy and joyful and peaceful? No, you know why? Because the Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? When I acknowledge I'm nothing, I must depend on Jesus. The poor in spirit man says, I can't get victory over sin. 
The poor in spirit man says, I can't get my prayers answered. I can't do this on my own. But bless God, I know somebody who can. The songwriter said, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. I can't do it, but I can look to him and know he can do it. There's, there's so much apathy in America today. We've just celebrated the 4th of July. And I read the Longview News. I shouldn't do that. I usually just look at the business section first. But I read the whole paper this morning. Front page. Anybody see the front page of the Longview News? Don't take you 10 minutes to read it, but <clears throat> the whole paper. The front page of our Longview News. Now, I know you're not, some people are not going to like this. Just send the email to Brother Case. <laughs> the whole thing on the front page was the race riots of Longview in 1919. And I'm thinking, what's that got to do with the price of tea in China today? Hey, we've all got a past. We've all got things that we don't want uncovered. Hey, anybody here going through, no, don't raise your hand. <laughs> You've gone through a bad marriage. And I mean, but every year, you'd like somebody to bring it up on the headlines. You remember when you had a guy that beat you half to death, come home drunk, took all your money, didn't have no clothes, kids didn't have no shoes, couldn't buy no school uh, supplies. I just want to relive that. Our children are in children's church, aren't they? Amen. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. We're here to create unity and to build together. I'm not interested in what happened. You know, what happened here in Longview is a black guy somehow or another got hurt. A white doctor uh, helped him. They burnt the white doctor's house down. They burnt the black, doctor, the black guy's house down. And a riot, and the Texas Rangers had to be called. And I'm thinking... What's that going to build unity for us today? What's that going to do today? See, there's so much apathy. People don't care. This whole media just changes us in different directions. You don't have to trust in God for food if you've got a pantry full of food. Becky and I, I don't know, several months ago, decided we weren't going to buy any more groceries. We were just going to eat. No, no, listen now. We were just going to eat out of our pantry and what was in the freezer. We did that for a solid month, and we've still got a full freezer. You don't have to worry about it. Hey, you don't have to worry about your automobile. When one of them breaks down, you've got three. You just get in the other one. We have so much at our disposal today. You don't have to worry about paying your bills. You've got a good job. You're connected. And sometimes God has to slap us down to get our attention. Now listen to me, don't, dis listen, stay with me. God is not trying to make you into Job. I am not telling you to sell your house and give it to the BFE. Wouldn't be a bad idea, but I'm not telling you to. I, I'm not telling you to sell all your clothes. Can you imagine a woman who only had one dress and one pair of shoes? I mean, you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> As in, I've never heard this, but I've heard that people have said this. 
that their wife goes in the closet and says, I don't have a thing to wear. Has anybody ever experienced that? I've never experienced that. I've never experienced that. Shoes everywhere. I'm not saying do one pair of shoes and do one dress and, and just live like a pauper. He's talking about spiritual matters here. We're breathing, we're eating, we're serving. And when I lean on him, he begins to give me blessed happiness. You don't have to get rid of your car. Just stop depending on your car. You don't have to quit your job. Your security, though, you've got to realize is not in your job. Your security is in Jesus. You don't have to lose your friends. Just don't put your friends above Jesus. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, you, you, mm. people will say today, well, I'm going to live by faith. I'm not going to take my medicine. Well, that is dumb. <laughs> Go to the doctor. Get your physicals. But when you go to the doctor, you pray, God, would you put your hand on this doctor? God, would you put your hand on this medicine? God, would you put your hand on this nurse? God, would you put your hand on whatever it is? I mean, you may go to the parole board. God's in everything. You're going down to the bank to get a loan. You ought to pray, God, help us. Bless them. God's got everything. He can walk through doors you can't get through. He can heal things that chemo can't heal. He can take pain away that hydrocodone can't do. We're only happy if our life is dependent upon him. If you're not, you're going to be stressed out. You're going to be stressed out. In my office in uh, Port Natchez had a lady that wanted to meet and she mm, God love her you know you can say anything about anybody if you say God love them <laughs> she's negative and I decided and I had another pastor there too brother Mark you know brother Mark and I said brother Mark when she says something negative we're going to say something positive and we sat there for about 30 minutes I don't like this I said, well, I tell you what, we love this. I don't like, I can't stand it. I said, well, I tell you what, we love, we love folks. You know, and about 30 minutes, she said, you know what? It almost sounds like I'm being negative. I started to say, hallelujah. <laughs> but she, she asked me this question. Why is it that I'm so negative and you're positive? And I said, it just depends on who's on the throne. I mean, I, I, know, I know folk, if they sneeze one time, they're out for two weeks. I, oh, my God, I'm sick. Ah, and they're out. They're, not, they're useless to the kingdom of God for two weeks. Huh? Somebody said, oh, me. I know other folks who are going through stage four cancer and still lifting their hands, praising the Lord. How, how, how can you have one over here that's got a sniffle that takes them out for two weeks and another one over here still steadfast serving the Lord, going through twice as many trials? Depends on who's on the throne. Depends on who's on the throne. 
when you're on the throne, you can only be happy if things are going well. Amen? And according to the Word of God, we're living in days where we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against powers and spiritual uh, manifestations of the air. I mean, we got all this mess going on. The chances are that things are not going to be going well very often. And you're going to find yourself miserable. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know why poor in spirit people are happy? I mean, they're happy. They, they may not have nothing, but they're still happy. They're sick, but they're still happy. They're broke, but they're still happy. They're, they're being ridiculed and made fun of, but they're still happy. Even if they're not in control, they're still happy. They're not in charge, but they're still happy. You know why? Because they don't get their happiness from stuff here on this earth. They get their happiness from stuff in heaven. And when you're getting your happiness from up there, you can be happy all the time. Because things looking good up there. They're looking good up there. Now, there's nothing wrong with material riches. I have even prayed, God, we need more millionaires in this church. We need more generous people that's got money to turn it loose, but Lord, it wouldn't hurt to have a few millionaires. <laughs> I mean, if you're a millionaire, you got to make a big salary. I'm not gonna, I praise God. I know you're probably working hard, and I'm thankful for it. I really am. Adrian Rogers said this. I wrote it down. You will never truly enjoy the things that money can buy until, first of all, you possess the things money cannot buy. Mm. When you possess the things that money can't buy, then bless God, you can enjoy the things money can buy. Do you ever make a list of things you don't want to do? <laughs> I mean, there are many days I don't want to come to work. I know y'all never have those days. I don't want to go to work. I mean, I, I tell you what, I don't want to pay bills. They just keep coming. I... I don't want to take medicine. I don't like to take medicine. I take four kinds of medicine in the morning and four kinds of medicine at night and some more junk in the afternoon. I don't want to do that. I told the doctor, I'm not taking this no more. He said, go ahead, big boy. You'll be dead in six months. <laughs> you know what? I don't like putting gas in my car. It's just a pain. I guess probably one of my biggest things, I don't like to go to the barber shop. Huh? They charged me $15 and I just went. They were through with my head. Some of you bald people, don't you start laughing out there. They were through with me in three minutes. And then that lady takes this thing in just another 10 minutes. She ain't doing nothing. But I want to tell you, you write down a list of all those things you don't want to do. And could I tell you that writing down that list of the things you don't want to do does not make it where you don't do them. I'm still going to go to work in the morning because this church will fire me if I don't. 
I'm still going to pay my bills. I'm still going to take my medicine. I'm still going to put gas in my car. I'm still going to go to the barbershop. But while I'm doing all of that, I realize that King Jesus has my back. That he's the one in charge. That I can operate and do the things I may not want to do, but I still do them. And King Jesus is in charge. I pray. We as a church. Would be a church that's more interested in the future than we are the past. Because I believe that's the Lord's way. I believe what Jesus would be telling us today. Is there are some things we need to straighten out. There's some things we need to get right. We need to get them right in our country. We need to get them right in our city. We need to get them right in our churches. We need to get them right in our homes. But I'm still going to go on serving Jesus, even though they may not be what I want them to be. The songwriter said, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior, for the next 30 days. That's not what he said. Well, until I mess up. No, that's not what he said. Victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. He sought me. He came looking for me. I didn't, I didn't have sense enough to look for him. He came looking for me. He sought me. And then he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me before I ever knew him. And all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Some of you in this place this morning, now listen to me. If the Lord comes before 12 o'clock, you're going to get left behind. And we'll never see you again. You say, well, preacher, that's halfway scary. What do I do? You repent of your sin and come to Jesus. That's what this invitation's all about. See, some people think the invitation is time to, it's gearing up for the next move. You've got to get your coat ready. You've got to get your purse ready and get ready to get out of here. That's not what the invitation is. Everything we've done is mounted up to this invitation. It's time for you now and me to do business with the Lord. And maybe today you've never trusted Christ. You've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And today you say, I want to have. You say, I want to have. You come down this aisle, we'll meet you. Maybe today you say, I know I've been saved, but I'll be honest with you. There have been some times when I put Jesus on the throne, but most of the time he's not on my throne. I do what I want to do. I say what I want to say. I go where I want to go. I be who I want to be. Folk, that is not poor in spirit. You've got to see Jesus. You've got to get rid of you. Your confidence, you got to avoid all of the arrogance and pride, and you've got to trust in Him. He's got your very best at interest. Maybe you need a church home. I would invite you to come be a part of this church home. Whatever you need to do, we're going to pray, we're going to sing some music, and during that music, you've got an opportunity to come and greet one of us and say, This is what I need, and we'll talk with you and pray with you. Father, we're so grateful today.
for your love and mercy. We're thankful today when we were unlovable, you still loved us. We're thankful today that salvation is not a hope so, maybe so thing, but it's a no so. And there are folk in this place today that need to come to the realization that they need you. They need to see Jesus high and lifted up. I pray that'll happen today. Others, Lord, just whatever needs to happen in this place, would you let your will be done? Would you let your Holy Spirit have freedom now to do anything he so chooses to do? And Lord, we're going to exalt you and praise you and lift you up in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Brother Aaron leads us this morning. You come. Come on, right?